Welcome to the Beachy Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Is Tapolian Dynamite a bad movie? Is Tapolian? Are you calling it Tapolian? She, I think she says Tapolian Dynamite. That's my five-year-old daughter. Tapolian Dynamite. She's, she's never even seen it, but she knows that I crack up over it. What is wow. that Australian like butter? It's not butter, but it's like a spray. Oh, Gamma Mite or something. Gam- yeah, no, I don't know. That's her- <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Have you ever had it? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> It's like a Vegemite. Vegemite. Vegemite or something? <laughs> Gamma-mite. Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> it, it tastes like whatever Gamma-mite would probably taste like. No, it's awful. It's like Gamma-mite made out of gamma rays. It's this veggie Sounds spread or something. It's so gross. But wow. they put it on their toast all the time. It's like Spread, it's you say. Shout out to Spread Ministry. They're awesome. Yeah, they are cool. I think it's called Vegemite. Why? Have you been eating this? I mean, what no, brought just, that to I mind? Just tried, what brought it to mind was the Ninamite that you were saying. So I thought of... Vegemite? Vegemite. I think it's Vegemite. Now I'm going to... I need to look it up because that's embarrassing. Vegemite, we not. begin the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. So yeah. welcome, folks, to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. We're excited to have you here. Um, my name is Austin Farenholt. I'm Director of Advancement here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. With me today is Ken White. Hey. Uh, Director of Youth Ministry, and we've got Anthony Ferguson, our seminarian. Hello. So, um, I have... <laughs> That's my Australian, Australian Vegemite. <laughs> Is that because of the Vegemite? Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, our seminarian, if you're joining us for the first time, is not from Down Under, just to be clear. <laughs> um, so, today I wanted to talk about a topic uh, that um, that I think is a lot of fun, Uh and it's kind of ironic that we're going to talk about this topic. Um, but the topic today is silence. Uh, I just kind of want to discuss it with you guys. I don't have a question to throw out, but um, I, w- I just wanted to talk about maybe the importance of silence um, and and distinguishing the different types of silence. Um, so when we talk about silence, there may be a few things that come to mind. Do either of you have, have thoughts? When you hear silence, what comes to mind? I think we should just pause talking for five minutes. <laughs> and just have dead recording. Just for... dead recording. <laughs> and everyone would have stopped listening. No, <laughs> Maybe that's part but, of it, though, but right? But would they be silent? So, that's yeah, awkward silence is one of the types of silence that, that we, we like hate. We want to run away from that. We don't want to allow any kind of silence because we're afraid it'll be awkward. What's awkward silence? Hmm. I, I kind of think awkward silence is kind of fun, actually. That was awkward. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we just created awkward silence, just, folks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, but you were asking what, like, the the different types. Um, yeah. Of so we've got awkward silence, right? right? So that, I guess, by definition, is a silence that occurs um, when we feel as though there should be some noise or some conversation to fill it, but it's not there, and so it leaves us feeling funny. Mm. What do you think of that? Good definition? Uh, yeah. yeah, except for the, also there's the piece of like something was said and no one knows how to respond to it. That's right? true. But that can create some awkward silence. Yeah, but th- but that's the same thing, right? We Something needs to be said, but nobody knows how to respond. And so yeah. nothing is said. So there's this, this Or gap. even you bring a, like, a conversation to a close. We don't want to get stuck on awkward silence. But you can bring something to a close and then how do you keep it going? Sure. You know, to, should you keep it going or is it done? Yeah. Well, I guess what the reason that we struggle with awkward silence maybe calls to mind our, our 
misunderstanding of what silence ultimately is and what it's mm. for. So like, did you have kind of a, a, a prompt for us or kind of a context to set? Like, what is silence? What do we, yeah. Well, and we I, I want to talk about what is silence and why is that important? Um, or is it important to, to enter into silence? Hmm. Um, so, uh, that's, I've been kind of reflecting on that more. Um, I read this book called, called silence. Um, and it's a series of conferences given by a Camaldolese hermit. I think I'm saying that correctly. Camaldolese. Um, he does, they don't even name him. They just say he's a Camaldolese hermit and he gave these conferences. They recorded it and they talk about silence and that's a huge part of their charism is being silent. Um, so, but it, but it, it kind of, so there's, from my perspective, just reading it and, uh, silence is a, is a big piece of St. John of the Cross, um, which I, I love his writings. He talks a lot, almost indirectly about the importance of, of silence. Um, but as I've been reflecting on it, I've been thinking that there, there's kind of two types of silence. So silence can be applied to a lot of things, but, um, but to just kind of simplify, I think there's two types. I think there's exterior silence and then interior silence. And there's a lot of a lot of uh, elements of each of those. Um, and Anthony, I know you've been reading a book about silence, The Power of Silence, right? Yeah. By Cardinal Seurat. So this is a book that, yeah, Cardinal Sarah Seurat. I don't really know how to say his Me name. Either. But long story short, he's awesome. It's spelled like Sarah. He's uh, the prefect for the Congregation of D- Divine Worship. Um, so he's... He, he has a lot of really cool insights into things, and I think especially silence. Um, so his book is Power of Silence, and the subtitle is Against the Dictatorship of Noise. Man, that's powerful. Yeah, so the, like he, so the whole book is just about how noise is kind of creeping into our life, and it's, it's kind of hard to escape. So yeah, to your point about interior versus external silence, I think at various points in various ways in his book, he talks about how exterior silence – leads to interior silence. So they're interrelated. They, they, you can't have one without the other really. Mm. So sometimes it's necessary to like go out of your way to have exterior silence, like just no noise, like physically going through your ears in order to invite that deeper silence of the silencing of your, like all the ideas going through your head and all of the desires, yeah. all of the, everything that's happening. Like we, you know, sometimes uh, people might relate it like as monkeys kind of jumping around in your head. <laughs> I like you just, that image. You can't quiet them down. And, yeah. it's, and, and sometimes we, the, you know, the pace of our life, the things that we're worried about, the current, the daily concerns can make us uh, just unsettled, kind of a little agitated. And so just finding that external silence is really important. And so just to kind of break it down between external and internal. So external silence would be um, as it kind of, you can probably pick up on this, uh, but just in case. So external silence would be going somewhere without uh, without unnatural noise, right? So trying to go away from um, unnatural noise, so things like phones, uh, other people, um, and you kind of go into nature. Because here's here's uh, like one. I don't think you can get away from all noise. You know, we have ears, um, and so there's there's kind of always some sort of noise, but there's the noises of nature. Um, that calm you. And then there's kind of the noises of humanity, um, cars going by, trucks, airplanes, uh, digital devices that, that distract you. So I think exterior silence, when I think of that, is going into uh, just entering into the natural order of noise with birds chirping, 
wind blowing, um, trees rustling. Um, I mean, even in your own house, maybe it's just quiet and you hear something outside a little bit, but none of those are, are really all that distracting. Um, hmm. So That's a good distinction. Yeah, so that would be exterior silence, but then interior silence is exactly what you were just mentioning, Anthony, with all the monkeys jumping around your head. Hmm. So um, we are... Uh, Tina Wondersee told me this once. It was great. She's like, we're in a constant state of conversation with ourselves. Like there, there are words and conversations almost always going through our mind. Um, I had a family member once say that her church was, uh, was starting this, uh, contemplative prayer group. So they would, uh, basically all get together in the church and it would be silent and they would just pray. And she said, I've never tried that before, and it was extremely hard. I found myself just keep continually getting distracted by my own thoughts, what I had to do next, um, the tasks that I had, imagining myself being somewhere else, wondering what other people were doing, and I found it unbelievably difficult just to sit and be silent. It silenced my mind. So I think in terms of distinction, that would be more of an interior silence that's really hard to come by. And could I just sort of throw out maybe a clarifying question or or statement and you guys tell me if it's true but when we're speaking about silence we're not talking about like a void right yes. you mentioned like external silence we don't have right like like the um there's still noise like you can't escape that we have ears and i would say even internally it's not about not thinking of anything it's about mm-hmm. thinking of one person hmm. right mm-hmm. jesus christ or or uh, contemplating a, a part of scripture or some entering into conversation and being able to focus on that one thing. So it's not a void. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Cardinal Surratt offers a really good quote here. In fact, I, I pulled it up. It says, uh, he says, silence is not an absence. Silence is not an absence. On the contrary, it is the manifestation of a presence, uh, the most intense of all presences. In modern society, silence has come into disrepute. This is the symptom of a serious, worrisome illness. The real questions of life are posed in silence. Our blood flows through our veins without making any noise, and we can hear our heartbeats only in silence. Wow. I thought that was a really powerful passage. But yeah, when he says that um, that silence is a manifestation of the most intense of all presences, I think that that is why... We don't particularly like silence because we find ourselves face to face sort of with like God who is, is really, really like present to us in a way that kind of freaks us out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it can be scary to go into it. And I think the first question is why bother going into it? Um, if we can be filled with, with other noises and this stuff is, is it important to go into the silence? What do y'all think? Any thoughts? Yes. It's so important. I mean, because Jesus did it. So mm. even Jesus, like, <laughs> when he needed to go into silence, he, he took time and went up on the mountain. Mm. Like, we've talked about that, I think, on the podcast at some point. Yeah. But Jesus is like thirst to be alone with the Father and, and just be quiet with him, you know? Um, and, and that might involve some sort of interior conversation that that's restful, right? And that's what I think that's ultimately why silence is so important is that it rejuvenates us. It recreates us. That's what recreation, recreation means is to, to be recreated and silence is indispensable with that. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of the most beautiful things about silence is how refreshing it is. In some ways, even more refreshing than sleep. Um, if you're sleep deprived, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> entering into the silence um, and being quiet just has this great refreshment that comes with it. Um, and I think you said something really important, Ken, that I've, I've come to realize uh, practicing silence. So silence is, is you kind of have to develop a habit of it. Um, you have to practice it. The first time, if, if you've never really tried to have intentional silence, um, it's unbelievably difficult and it can be very easy to give up on it because it's it's hard to quiet everything. So you have to practice it. And there's great spiritual masters who have written wonderful things about entering silence and how to really develop um, a, a, a spirit of silence. Um, but one of the beautiful things, I think, why it's so refreshing is because you encounter love. And I was reflecting on, okay, what, you know, what are some of the, the uh, aspects of love? Well, love is always considering the other. So Christ is always considering us. He's always considering the Father, always considering the Holy Spirit. You know, he's always, kind of, he's always looking, looking outward, right? And so when we enter into the silence, all those distractions typically have something to do with ourselves, um, and they're going on all day. And so we're, we're encountering ourselves constantly, but then when we turn our gaze and our hearts and our minds to Christ, all of a sudden we're thinking of the other, right? And, and our minds and souls get absorbed in the other, um, that other being God. And then you can realize that, whoa, God is now being absorbed with me um, in prayer. And so there's this mutuality that can take place in prayer that's I'm absorbed with you you're absorbed with me. Um, and there's this beautiful expression of love that takes place that's mm. so refreshing mm. and so uh, magnanimous. I mean, it makes your heart grow when you go into it. Uh, that reminds me of something my spiritual director once told me. He said that when you go into silence and prayer, you're, you, are listening, you are listening to the Father listening to you. <laughs> so, yeah, just... Oh, I love it. Isn't that beautiful? Like, God... Say that again. So, like... Uh, Silence is the opportunity for you to listen attentively to the to God listening to you. Man. So, and it, it's kind of it kind of reflects that that beautiful uh, story of Saint John Vianney, where he goes to the man who comes into the church every morning and he's there praying, and and it's just this humble farmer who just you know he leaves his muddy rake at the door of the church and then he goes in and prays for however long each and every day. Austin's punching the microphone. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, John Vianney sees this guy here in the church every day. And so he goes up to him one day and he's like, sir, like, what do you what do you say to God every morning? What do you say to him? And, and the man responds, uh, oh, I don't say anything. I look at God and he looks at me. Hmm. And that may that brings to mind a quote from St. Therese, uh, the little flower I'm pulling up here. She says, for me. Prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. Hmm. And I just love how simple that is. It's mm -hmm. a surge of the heart, a simple look turned toward heaven. And I think when we're in silence, both physical silence, but we're able to silence internally, we, we, it's, I guess it's sort of the how to, right? 
remove yourself from the distractions, turn off your phone or at least the notifications on your phone, go for a walk in the woods, spend some time in the chapel. Like that would be sort of external how to, and then internal how to is, is really a turning towards. I find scripture really helpful when I cannot settle my thoughts. Mm. When I'm sitting in the chapel and I'm like, here I am, Lord, this is my 20 minutes for you. And then like, I'm just so distracted and I can't focus. And I'm like, why can I not focus? There's just beautiful images around me. Jesus is right here. So opening scripture and reflecting on a moment in his life really helps me to turn towards him mm. and then be able to enter more into internal silence like like going back to earlier like it's not a it's not a void the 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 goal of internal silence is not to sit in the chapel and think of nothing like that um in fact that's that's somewhat what's problematic in a lot of eastern meditation practices because it creates a void but doesn't fill it with anything Hmm. um so it's about like not having thought at all Mm -hmm. right versus like we're supposed to be entering into that relationship with God and, and, and be there present to the fact that he is listening to us. I think, yeah, that's a really good point, Ken, that um, scripture or other types of spiritual reading are very useful for, um, for settling down the mind. Cause I mean, you know, and that's, that's part of it, right? That when we, we notice that the monkeys are jumping around like crazy in our head and we get frustrated by that. And so when we try to force them out, you know, it, it, it disrupts us further. It makes us more agitated sometimes. Like we can't grit our teeth and say, stop it monkeys. You know? Um, <laughs> so settling on something that's like wholesome, that's like, you know, something to get your mind off of all of those stuff going on in your head. Um, it gets you out of yourself. It gets you out of your box. And, um, and God can work with that. He can, he, he can enter into the fact that, Oh, well, like St. Therese just said something cool and, and that's, that, that brought a thought up that I'd never thought about before. And then you contemplate that, you meditate on it, you, you abandon yourself to God in that present moment because he's speaking to you. Um, in, the, in the silence of your heart, God speaks. Yeah. And I think speaking of scripture, there is a story that I was reflecting on that actually we're all probably familiar with. It's the prodigal son. Um, and there's, there's actually some moments in there that occurred to me that that shed a lot of light on interior silence and the, and the difference between uh, God's interior silence and ours. So the, the father figure um, is, he represents God in that story. Um, and the son comes and says, I want, I want all the inheritance. Um, I want, I want everything now and I want to go squander it. Right. So if you think of that in terms of like interior prayer silence, this, the son is basically saying, I want to be distracted you know, I don't, I don't, I no longer want to be absorbed with you, God, who has everything. I want to be distracted and go try out everything that the world has. So he enters in all of this noise. Mm. All right. Then he gets brought to uh, the breaking point where he's with the swine, you know, and he's looking and he's saying, gosh, I'd love to even have what they have. And then what happens is his mind goes into the, to the silence, so to speak, and his, he turns back and thinks of his father. Um, and he thought, thinks, how many of my father's servants always have enough to eat. So there's this beautiful moment of like almost contemplation. He stops thinking, well, it's kind of mixed, right? So he's thinking about how he wants what the swine has. His mind turns to the father and he thinks what the father has done for him and what the father could do for him. And then the rest of his time, so he makes up his mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the father. But the whole time he's walking, there's monkeys, as, as Anthony has coined. Um, 
he's thinking about his apology and he's going back, you know, replaying it over and over and over. And how can I, how can I make up for this with the father? How can I do this? How can I do this? And what do we see from the father? He's already standing, looking over the horizon. His mind and his thoughts are pointed outward at the sun and he's waiting for him to come. He's, he's just, he's considering the son and considering his love for him and yearning for him to come back. And here comes the son, you know, he's kind of pointed his gaze towards the father and he's meandering back, still lost in his own thoughts. And then all of a sudden the father jumps like a lion and sprints at him and embraces him like a lamb. I like just that imagery is kind of fun for me. Um, and and holds him, takes off his ring, and just starts showering the son with gifts because he's turned his mind a little bit towards God um, in the silence. And he and he apologizes, and then all of a sudden he's brought to this reconciliation and this point of like of contemplation where he's embraced with the Father. His mind is turned to Him and all the goodness of the Father, and the Father's mind is turned to Him and is overjoyed at the return of His Son. And there's just this like this beauty. Of and I love that the that that actually in scripture it's it it doesn't say silent like it's silent about the silence but there's in the interior of them that interior silence there's this beautiful moment of union with the two um, that's cool that brings new life and and the yeah. son is reduced to silence right yeah, he's like father I've right. sinned again and then he's like go get the best everything and give it to my son like the son can't even finish his apology yeah he's reduced to silence because the father is so generous and so glad that he's back. Well, and I think that goes to the gift that silence is if we can practice it because in silence is where we receive, mm. right? And, it, you know, I don't know how many times there's been something in my life where I've been pre- predicting how it's going to turn out, right? And I'm thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about all the possibilities and, you know, losing some sleep over it. And then and then when that situation or that um, event happens – it goes entirely different than anything I would have predicted, and it goes well, or maybe it doesn't, but I was – in that moment, I was able to respond as needed. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing like all of that time, all of that internal mm-hmm. conflict that happened leading up to it was pointless yeah. instead of just receiving, receiving what would come. I mean we have to we have to think through things. We can't just leave everything as is. We have to prepare ourselves for – when we give a talk or things of that nature, but there is a certain amount of like, okay, let's see what reality brings to me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And let me respond to that reality, not to a preconceived reality that I've built over the last two days before having this conversation. Right. But actually being present to it. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) But, and I think reality itself kind of affords some moments of silence that are natural and good and, and anything that's good and beautiful has silence. So I'm thinking of like music, like Mm. music has like rhythm and beat and like has structure because of the silences that are involved, you know, or, or like the periods where there isn't necessarily a note, you know, that's how we distinguish the notes from one another. Yeah. So like in the same way, I think the rhythm of our life, the way like, like Ken was saying, like receiving, like taking a breath, Taking a breath, like, before you start the next note. Um, that's so in- important for us to, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but for us to sing the song of God, right? Like, um, sounds trite, but it's true. We have to take a deep breath. And I think that's what silence is, is, is God filling filling us with himself. Um, and just us trusting that we don't have to 
come up with this this long string of words. You know, Jesus says, when you pray, don't babble like the pagans. Yeah. Don't babble. You know, just trust that I like that your heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. You know, just 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 enjoy the silence. You're allowed to enjoy the silence. Um, I found another Cardinal Sarah quote that I wanted to kind of throw out there. He says, um, so this is him talking about like the danger of noise and, and kind of what, what people use noise for. He says, without noise, man is feverish, lost. Noise gives him security, like a drug on which he has become dependent. Um, yeah, so I guess we have to be careful not to hide behind the noise. Yeah. Allow allow God to give you that deep breath that you need. And so I, turn off this podcast, <laughs> stop listening, and drive the rest of the way to work in silence. Well, and I, I did just want to say too that that's I mean that's um, and we're closing on our uh, our time with this podcast now. Um, but that's I think that, that quote by Cardinal Sarah that it it's scary to go into the silence. It can be scary. Um, but I think it's scary because we can consider the silence like the prodigal son, that we have to, when we go to the father, that we're going to have to give him this whole report of our entire lives. But as Anthony said, he is silenced by the father and says, I forgive you, you know? So, um, so don't be afraid if they're, uh, going into the silence, if there, if there are things in your life that are going to be brought up in that silence that, that are painful, uh, maybe we're avoiding that uh, God the Father wants to look right through that into our hearts. You know, he doesn't want to dwell on that stuff. He wants to dwell yeah. on the fact that we're returning to him. Therefore, we should not spend all our time in the silence dwelling on uh, the bad things. Yeah, God has spoken his word, yeah. and, and the word went to the cross for us, mm. and he rose from the dead for us. So, like, there's nothing else for us to say. Like, <laughs> Jesus is the last word, right? He is the first the and the last. The beginning and the end. And, what? and just as kind of a brief, like, aside, too, if you're feeling like your life is just, there's no room for silence, right? You've got to go from one thing to the next to the next. You've got to take care of the kids. By the time you get in bed, you're just passing out. Like, your silence is your sleep, and that's it. Try to find moments, like, on your commute. Turn off the radio turn off the podcast, just sit with our Lord for five or 10 minutes, be grateful, thank him for what's going on in your life and allow silence to take over just that brief time because we can find spaces in our day, even amongst the hecticness to calm ourselves and listen to the father and all the love and mercy that he has for us. That's awesome That's advice. Thanks, Ken. So um, here's what we're, here's what I'd like to do is we're going to close this podcast now, but um, Should we keep talking? I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll just stop We're just going to fill the silence. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that what might be helpful in a future podcast is if we talk about kind of practical steps to getting to that silence. There are things that we can do to help enter into that silence. Um, and and I think it'd be great to have a podcast about that just to un unravel for us. Let's, let's discuss how we can actually get there. So I'm all about yeah. talking about silence. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I, don't have, noise I don't have about time silence. to be quiet about it. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you all for joining us this time. Remember you can email us vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And after you take your moment of silence, feel free to send us an email um, and just let us know how we're doing. Also, uh, or if you have a question for us or anything, just, shoot it we, we want to hear from you so if you enjoyed this podcast rate it share it with your friends let's evangelize the world 
um, because Christ has conquered it. So absolutely. Until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call to new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.